0: Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists.
1: And welcome to the Retirement Clinic here on WISN Milwaukee and WIBA in Madison. Today's show is hosted by Aaron Spitzner and also John White from the COWAL Investment Group. Both guys you hear Monday through Friday doing market updates on both radio stations. Good morning, both of you. Aaron, we'll start with you. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to be back. Welcome back to the show, Aaron. Thank you. And John White, welcome back to the Retirement Clinic oh there's your mic there we go (laughs) thanks for having me on well when the mics are on it works a lot better and we've got a full cast in in the studio today we have a guest on the program we'd like to welcome back from Chore tech a pat worth who is a cpa am i missing any other titles it is
2: just cpa and i'm happy to be back i've done the show a couple times We are in the throes of tax season, so it is a great time to uh, be
1: talking to our listeners. And there's been some tax law changes. Our listeners probably have heard about them, but are unsure, how does that impact me? What exactly did change? Well, we're going to cover that today. We're going to talk with Pat throughout the program, and also, if you have questions, we are live, so you can also chime in on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, which is 414-799-1130. 414-799-1130. Hey, a little background, Aaron. I mentioned the WIBA uh, station in Madison because you are in Middleton. Uh, you're also in Port Washington, as Jeff Kowal says, the world headquarters in oh, Waukesha. Yeah.
3: World headquarters, <laughs> yep. And so you all over the place. And, and the, uh, the new office uh, in the Mount Pleasant area. Yeah. Uh, so we're right off uh, Highway 20 and 94 there, uh, just east of the freeway. So about uh, a couple blocks east. And, are we officially opening Uh, That one now? It depends on who you ask in the office. Um, (laughs) I I, I guess I'll say the right thing and and say not officially open, but uh, more or less uh, by appointment only. The signage is up. uh, You can't miss it. Uh, It's it's about as big as a billboard uh, right outside the the office there. And and if you're driving down 94 uh, and you take a peek east, uh, you should be able to see the sign. Now, don't go into the barrier uh, because things are a little bit tight with construction. But, Foxconn? Yeah, but uh, you should be able to, to see the sign from the freeway. Yeah, you also do the market updates in both uh, radio station
1: markets, which is Madison and Milwaukee. And that's where we hear your voice, John White, uh, Aaron Kowal, Jeff Kowal.
3: Yeah, every, yeah uh, Monday through Friday, uh, we do the business reports, uh, 3 o'clock news block, now that's live, uh, and 5 o'clock news block, again, right at the top of the hour. Uh, Let you know what's going on in the market that day, kind of what's moving the market, corporate earnings, government reports, uh, again, whatever is driving your investments and retirement accounts. Uh, Then again, at 5 o'clock, we wrap up uh, with numbers from the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ. And again, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock, News Block, WISN. And I believe it's 4.55 on WIBA in Madison.
1: John White, we can find out more about the COWAL Investment Group by logging uh, on to your
3: site. I always forget this part.
1: And that is, yeah, the, the social media yes. stuff. This is where John's going to come in. So
4: our Twitter handle is at Kowal underscore invest. And then, of course, on LinkedIn, just search LinkedIn and you'll find us there. We've got lots of really good articles right now. Uh, right now, I'm throwing some stuff out there about behavioral finance, which is very interesting. Ooh. Okay, and that's all at uh, oh
1: your website, thekowalway.com. Yes, of
4: course, thekowalway.com. Check us out. I think we're getting an updated website now. It looks really nice. Um,
1: K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com. As we uh, get into our discussion today and start the topic of taxes and some of the tax law changes, we will be talking throughout the program today with Pat Worth He is with ChorTech. And Pat, tell us about your company. Where is ChorTech? What do you guys all do?
2: Yep. So Chortech, we are a uh, CPA business advisory firm. We're located in uh, Waukesha is our world headquarters uh, with an office also up in Appleton. So we really focus on working with businesses, business owners, and uh, individuals that need tax strategic planning and and tax prep. Um, Mostly closely held businesses located in the Wisconsin area, but also all across the country. They've got locations all over. So our, our main thing is working with them strategically, uh, growing the company, adding value, uh, looking at exit planning. So they build the company for 20 years. They want to get out. How do they do that? Uh, are they passing it on to the next generation? Right. Do they want to sell it and cash out? Great things to think about quite a few years before you want to take that next that, step. You need a plan for that. It doesn't just happen one day. You do. And working with us, we can help maximize that value when that day comes. I heard a rumor, Pat, that you may be doing the Boss Minute, uh, which we do every week. I am. So, yeah, Aaron <laughs> Kowal is not here to uh, handle that. So we're going to talk a little bit about the businesses and, and more or less how the tax law changes relate to business owners. And I hear you get
1: the sexy segment today, too. Of course. Can taxes be sexy? Yes. Every single day of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that will get us started for the show. And Aaron and John, I'm going to kind of turn it over to you because this is what you guys do every day. I don't. I do know that you wanted to start a little bit by addressing the government shutdown, and maybe that affected some things as well. So that's our launching pad here.
3: Yeah, we'll take a look at that. we got a list of of again sexy ta- tax t- uh, topic. I can't even say that the uh, tax top topics to go through <laughs> it doesn't but, go together. B- but before, yeah, yeah, it's like uh, water and oil. Uh, but before we do that, you know, you mentioned business exit planning. How soon before somebody decides to leave their business should they really start putting a plan together? I think, you know, people never know when they should start the planning. Uh, what would be a good time frame? Yeah, typically at a minimum three years before. All right. Uh, Sometimes
2: even a little bit longer than that as you try to put structure in place. um, When a buyer comes in, they want to make sure you've got a well-run, smooth oil company. Mm -hmm. And to put all those processes in place, proper financial statements, all of that, uh, that takes some time to do, to get management structure in there. Because if you're going to sell your company, chances are the owner's retiring, leaving, stepping away. Who's going to run the company when he leaves? So, getting that management team is is very important in right. our next strategy.
3: Uh, so so yeah. So, leading into uh, some more personal taxes uh, and talking about some of the changes that have gone on with tax. Well, I guess the first thing would be uh, the government was shut down, and there were some rumors about filing taxes and whether or not you could or couldn't, you know, file your tax return. Um, What's going on right now? Are yeah. we able to file? Are we not? Yeah. Or Well, so thankfully, the government opened
2: back up ahead of time, and or at least by uh, what, a couple of weeks ago. So filing season is going in earnest now. Uh, people with relatively straightforward returns can e-file, press the button, and actually get those returns processed and the refunds coming to them. Uh, so there's
3: there's no delay in refunds. The government isn't holding on to the money, are they? They
2: are not. Right. <laughs> they are not. So so that's great for uh, for people. It's it's time. Hey, it's tax season. It's time to start gathering your information and getting it to your tax preparer if you're using one.
3: And. Uh... So is the rumor true there? Now, can I file my tax return on a uh, on a postcard, or, or how, what do the forms look like? Is it a lot easier now with the right. tax reform?
2: Well, when the tax law changes were enacted about 14 months ago, that's the whole thing they wanted to do is say, you can file your tax return on a postcard. Not quite there, <laughs> but interestingly, they have redesigned the uh, Form 1040, so when you look at it, it's going to look way different than it did the year before. And, in fact, they've basically made it a short form. So instead of having 85 lines of information, they've cut it down to almost a half a page. First page is just, hey, what's your name, address, who's your dependents? Turn it over, put in your W-2 income, put in interest income, standard deduction, and you're done. Is e-filing still the best way to go, most efficient way, Pat? Absolutely. There's probably 90% of the tax returns get e-filed. Why do you want to do that? Because then you can electronic deposits. Your tax refund, you get it way way quicker. Uh, there's less chance of error than if you mail it in and somebody has to punch in the numbers into the system. Getting lost in the mail, you never. I mean, things happen, right? Right. Yeah, you just never know. So almost everybody now is electronic filing, whether it's through a tax preparer or whether it's through online TurboTax or something like that. Um, so interestingly, with the with the law changes, they've and this is counterintuitive. They've eliminated the short forms. So 1040A and 1040EZ and the, the uh, related Wisconsin short forms, they're gone. Why? Because they made the standard form short. Mm-hmm. So what they've really done is they said, well, if you've got other items of income or other tax credits, now you need to file another schedule. So they've simplified it, but also at some in some respects they've complicated it because now <laughs> instead of just two pages, you've got two
1: very short pages and you're going to have to file three or four other schedules. Pat, as we talk about tax law changes, and we've, we'll take a break here in a minute or two, but before that, what stands out as the biggest change? If I were to just say, okay, there's been tax law changes, what had the most impact? What's going to hit us the most? Yep. The biggest change
2: is increasing the standard deduction. So for a married couple in 2017, that was about $12,000. They've increased it to 24000 and they've also eliminated personal exemptions, so there's a lot of trade-off play between the personal exemptions and the itemized deductions. But basically, if you add up your taxes, add up your mortgage uh, interest, and add up charitable contributions for a married couple, if that does not exceed $24,000, you're not itemizing for federal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a huge change. In some cases, it can be a benefit. In some cases, it's actually going to hurt because uh, – those taxpayers that maybe had a lot of, of state and local taxes, which are now limited, um, that's going to be taken away. But uh, there is a lot of give and take with the tax law change. And even though they've they've taken away the personal exemptions for the kids, they've increased the standard deduction. There is some very favorable child credits now. So instead of the four thousand dollar deduction per child that you used to get that if you're in a 25% tax rate, you'd save $1,000 of tax. They've increased that child credit to $2,000 per child for children under 16 years old. If it, you're over 16, then that credit's
3: 500 It still so, doesn't make up for the diapers. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> no. You do have a little one at home, Aaron, correct? Yes, uh, Yeah. So two still in diapers. So. So,
2: so typically what we're seeing with the tax law change for a normal taxpayer is their taxes are going to go down probably 2 to 3% this year. When you take everything into account, the standard deduction, the loss of exemptions, the child credit, go on a big old circle of winning some, losing some, you're gonna save two to three percent in taxes.
1: Hey, just circling we got a break here, but circling back to the government shutdown, we could see another shutdown looming on the horizon, correct? I mean the possibility exists. It exists. I don't think they're gonna
2: shut down tax filing season because if you okay. think about it, it's all computers. Your electronic filing. I don't think they're going to turn off the power switch to the uh, mainframe IRS so, computer.
1: So, so even if it does happen again, it's pro- it's not going to affect our filing at all.
2: I it would
1: not. Okay, um, boy, we got a lot to talk about today. We'll continue after the break. On WISN Milwaukee, WIBA Madison, Aaron Spitzner and John White are hosting the Retirement Clinic today. And joining us, our guest from Short Tech is Pat Wirth. Yes, we're talking about taxes, tax law changes. Also, retirement comes into play. If you've got any questions about any of the above, now is the time to call in. Use the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That number is 799-1130. 799-1130. Off the air, throughout the program, we can give you information And how to reach out and talk to Pat and talk to the Kowal Investment Group. But for now, your best line is using the Acunet line, and the number is open. The lines are open, 799-1130. We'll be right back on WISN. On WISN. Now, normally Aaron Cowell does the boss minute. We've got a special show for you today. We've invited into the program Pat Worth, CPA at Shortech, and we are talking about taxes, tax, tax law changes that have been impacting all of us, and your host for the show from the Cowell Investment Group. We've got Aaron Spitzner and John White today in studio, and we've got a special boss segment today. John White and Pat's going to help us out with that.
4: Right, and, and just before we get to the boss segment, I just got to tell a tax joke because taxis can be kind of serious, and you know, um, it's, a little bit of humor doesn't hurt on a Saturday morning. So, what's the difference between tax avoidance and tax evasion? Jail. No, no, nothing. <laughs> nothing. No, right. like, okay. the boss. Funny, segment. funny, John,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if that was a punchline or not. I uh, thought there was more to it. It's, more of, a, it's more of a statement, I guess. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think th- I think it's accurate,
4: right? <laughs> we're well, talking uh, uh, the boss segment here, um, so we're focused on how pr- the proposed tax law changes will affect business owners. Very important. So I've got a question for you, Pat. Is there changes in tax rates for business owners as well as individuals?
2: Yeah, we've talked a little bit about uh, the the drastic changes with the individuals. There also has been some major changes for the businesses. Uh, What they're trying to do is to make, if you're C Corporation, you know, the big businesses of the world, of the United States, they're trying to make those taxes more competitive with the rest of the world, so, they've actually dropped the C corporation taxes. That's those entities that pay the taxes themselves. They write out the checks to the IRS. They've dropped that tax rate, the top rate, from 35 to 39% down to 21%. That is a huge, huge decrease in tax rates if you're a C corporation. Uh, so, then the question becomes if typically you were a pass through entity, that's like an S corporation or partnership where the income of the company flowed through to the individuals the top individual rates now 37% so what type of entity do you want to be do you want to pay tax at 37 or do you want to pay tax at 21 so over the past 15 months we've done a lot of planning strategic planning with our clients as far as what's the best entity type that you want to be. Well, just by way of background, what was the tax? It's 37 now. What was the highest? Rate? Uh, individual, the top rate used to be 39.6. Okay. So the individual came down a couple of points, but the corporate tax rates fell drastically. So small businesses, they still like to be the pass-through entity. C corporation, a little bit more complex. So what the IRS did for smaller businesses, the S corporations, the partnerships, the sole proprietors, They've given those businesses a special 20% tax deduction on their profits, uh, on their qualified business income. So if you hear the QBI thrown around, qualified business income. So let's say, for example, you've got a a S-corporation that has $100,000 of taxable income at the end of the year. The owners themselves are going to pay tax on it, uh, and if they're in the top tax bracket at a 37% rate. But now they get to take a special 20% deduction against that income if they qualify, which effectively brings that tax rate down from thirty seven percent down to about thirty. So it's closed the gap a little bit uh, when you compare it to a C corporation. So that's where the strategic planning comes in is what type of entity do you want to be? And and we at the end of this year have switched a number of different companies from one entity type to the next to take advantage of lower taxes. The criteria that goes into that, though, unfortunately, is just not. Hey, what's the tax rate? There's 15 different things you need to think about. What's your exit strategy? Uh, where's the uh, company at in their life cycle? Are they growing? Are they starting to decline? Uh, all kinds of different things. So
1: these changes clearly
2: benefit the small business owner in America. Would. Correct. Oh, sure, absolutely. That's what that tax law is all about—is to give some tax breaks to the small businesses. And yeah, they've been
1: work. Quite honestly, they've been working
0: right.
2: Well, you've seen some economic growth over the past year with a lot of businesses uh, buying more equipment, expanding their plants. One of the other major things uh, with the tax law change is the ability for the businesses to write off their capital expenditures. So they go out and they buy uh, a half million dollars of machinery, or they buy some new trucks they can write off that entire cost of those purchases now in year 1 up to a million dollars and with the special bonus depreciation that they've also well bonus so it's added depreciation that can be written off in the first year uh pretty much unlimited so it does give those small businesses great great incentive to go out and grow spend some money on capital expenditures and we've really seen that the last year we've some really good growth in some uh, some clients
1: Good boss segment. Um, Aaron Cowell's got to watch his back. Then we got a new guy in here. You may be back for further more show. That's about we do this every week. And all joking aside, business owners' savings and security. And Aaron and John White, you guys can chime in here too. One thing we emphasize every week on the show is you have a retirement plan. Is that all? Your business, or do business owners have to think outside of their business? And many get caught up; they're so busy in day to day running that business. Aaron, that uh, uh, that retirement plan fell by the wayside.
3: Yeah, and that's uh, kind of alluding to the one of my first questions here for Pat was, um, you know, you have the business owner who's you know, working a lot and not really thinking about what their own exit strategy is, and 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 sometimes uh, you know you, you don't want to wait too too long, uh, so you want to approach a, a professional. Uh, like the Kowal Investment Group or like Pat, or we'll connect you with Pat, uh, to have a better understanding of of putting that plan together. About a
1: three-year lead, I think you said, Pat?
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly, to structure the business for Mm -hmm. sale. It's interesting when you get into retirement planning for the business, a lot of times those owners don't have a huge retirement account because the business is their retirement account.
1: Mm-hmm. And is that a mistake or is it – it just depends? It's
2: just a lot of times just the way things go. Yeah. If, if you've got a small business that's extraordinarily profitable but it's it's some profits. It's paying you uh, a reasonable living. You may not have 50000 to set aside into a retirement account
1: each year. But if you know you're going to cash out of that business and, let's say, sell, let's pick a number, sell it for $5 million, yep. well, that's a pretty good retirement plan. There's your nest egg. So it's not sitting in a cash
2: retirement account right now. It's sitting in the value of the company. Yeah. And to maximize that value when you're, uh, when you're leaving the business, that's where the strategies come in.
3: Yeah, and you got. I feel like you got to start planning ahead of time because if you're the primary rainmaker, you're the business owner. You have all the relationships. Um, yeah, that business is worth a lot. But if you were to leave it, that could hurt the value of the business. So, you know, building those relationships or or, or bringing on other employees, I feel, could be a you know a a wise plan ahead of time rather than at the last minute. Yeah,
2: a really strong management team underneath you is mm-hmm. is really important in those. Uh, and those succession plans.
1: Well, you did so good at the boss segment. We're going to bring you back uh, later in the program for the sexy segment. Pat, there was something you wanted to circle back and how we opened the show talking about the latest tax law changes. There was something that we, we didn't cover. You wanted to get back to that.
3: We, I think it was uh, more or less whether or not. So we have these, you know, tax rates have gone down, right? Um, can we all expect a bigger refund? I, I think that is that's the big item here. The big question.
2: Right, I am getting so many questions on that, and I've I've got a, an answer for each and every one. I don't know.
1: Uh, <laughs> it it depends. Would be another good answer. Yeah, like that. that's it that's my it, favorite it depends. answer. Right,
2: yeah. so I I can tell you, of assured fairly well that your taxes are going to go down. So when you get to that line on your tax return is, what is my total tax before then I apply my withholding against it, that number is probably going to go down to 2 to 3%, 2 to 3%. But if you look at your pay stubs over the last year, they've changed the withholding on your pay stubs as well. So if they've accurately changed the uh, – you should see a reduction in your federal withholding. If they've accurately reduced that – then you should get a refund typical of maybe what you've got in the past. But what we're seeing so far is is that withholding can move any which way. So people that may have gotten a $2,000 refund in the past may end up with no refund or may end up with $4,000 a refund, may end up with $250. You just don't know. So this is going to be a really interesting year.
3: So for some people, that can almost create like a false perception, right? Like if I don't get a big refund, that means I actually uh, – I'm used to getting a couple – You know, a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks on my refund. Now I don't get anything, and I feel like, well, I paid more in taxes. Well, that's not, yeah. Right,
2: that's not true because then if
3: you look at your paycheck each week or every other week during the year, Your
2: paycheck was probably $100 more than what it Mm was or $200 more or whatever. So it's really spread out. I always like to say it all comes out the same in the end.
1: That's Mm -hmm. right. People like that refund. They almost feel like they're getting, I think, another paycheck or a bonus. You really don't want that huge refund. Do you, Pat? You would rather not. uh, I would think if
2: if you're getting a $5,000 refund every single year, wouldn't you want some of that money in your pocket each and every month Mm -hmm. instead of waiting at the end of the year? But some people, that is their savings. Account and they get get that five thousand dollar refund. They're like, "Oh, good! I can go out and replace the refrigerator now, or you know, buy myself a new snowmobile." Uh, That's really their savings account.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, have we been through these changes enough that we've seen them cycle through to see the results, or will it take pretty much like another year? Until we really see the, the results of the tax yeah. law changes, I think it's going to take another
2: year for people to get comfortable with where they're at because now they're going to see their tax return. They're going to see that, oh, my refund's not as big or I owed tax. Uh, I'm going to make some adjustments to my withholding and we can help them do that. And then once they get to the end of 2019, it should be business as, as usual, so to speak. With with some modifications,
1: what other te- what other changes do we need to highlight? And we talked before about the um, uh, the child, uh, the deductions, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, what else has changed? Anything uh, for just families that are filing on their own? What, what
3: stands out? Well, I guess my my biggest question would be whether or not now that you. You talked a little bit about the standard deduction, right, and that most people are – I don't know what the percentages are. I mean, do is is there a, a percent out there of what people are just now going to take the standard deduction instead of itemize? And if, and if I'm just going to take the standard deduction, do I have to worry about my itemized deductions anymore, or can I just ignore that?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question, Aaron. Yeah, most people – I would say the people itemizing the percentage don't have exact numbers, but that's going to reduce drastically because when you add up – uh, your state and local taxes, which is your real estate tax and the withholding on your W-2s and stuff. New this year is is those numbers are limited to $10,000. So if you've got your primary residence, you've got your home up north, you've got the withholding on your $100,000 of wages, that may total $18,000. You can only deduct 10000 of that. It's wow. limited. Once that bucket's full to $10,000, you are done. So you take the 10000 of tax, you take your mortgage interest, which, okay, six $7,000, and then you take your charitable. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't equal $24,000, you are taking the standard deduction. So you're saying, okay, why am I even going to bother? I'm not even going to put it on the tax return because I'm not going to get it anyway. True for federal, but Wisconsin still allows the itemized deduction credit for mortgage interest and charitable contributions. So if you don't put that in your inputs you are going to lose Wisconsin tax credits. You're going to end up paying more to Wisconsin. So don't just ignore those itemized deductions. Get them on the return. Uh, let the calculations take the Wisconsin credit, and you're going to save tax that way.
1: I got a question for for John White and for Aaron Spitzner, as financial advisors, guys that work with clients at the Cowell Investment Group. Do you have folks that still do their own filing, doing their own taxes? I know I did when I was younger when I made no money, and it was pretty simple and straightforward. With all these tax law changes... I just think that if you're doing it yourself, there may be things you're missing out, and that you're not—you don't know what you don't know. In other words,
3: yeah, and, and that's um, that's a great point. I, I'd say that the our, our clients, it, boy, I'd ha- it'd be tough to put a percentage to it. Uh, it's something that we ask as part of our our. our our introductory process, our discovery meeting with clients. Do you file yourself, um, or yeah, does somebody
1: prepare your taxes? Do You yeah. file
3: yourself. Do you have a relationship with somebody? Do you like your current accountant? Um, what kind of planning do they do for you? Um, and a lot of times, it, it really depends on the. I think people understand the complex of their own situation. Um, some of them just like to go to a uh, you know, H and R Block or something like that. Other have more, have stronger, deeper relationships with their accountant. Other people just like to go on TurboTax. I I'd say I don't really know if I have a. could could really, again, put a percentage on it. Um, But I think part of our job as the financial advisor is to direct them to the right person uh, if we feel that working with a tax professional could really benefit their situation. Uh, Sometimes it's just, hey, maybe you should have an an introductory meeting with that tax professional to see if they can add um, or or maybe point a few things out. But it's, you know, not being an accountant, i, I got to be a little bit careful with what I do and do not say to well, uh, the different clients. Yeah, since we have, we have yeah. Pat Worth, who is a CPA. So, so he covers me on on the radio here. Right. So. that
2: That is why we are here. <laughs> and, and, and we do help. We work with a lot of co clients with their, their tax mm-hmm. preparation, tax advice. And, I mean, that's a really good question is do you try to self-prepare? And with uh, for most people, tax prep or, or the tax returns being simplified – Perhaps more people can just take the TurboTax route or go to
1: H and R Block. What do you and think you, in, of TurboTax? I was going to ask that
2: before. Uh, uh, it, it all depends on <laughs> on how good of information you put in. It's garbage in, garbage out. So if good you're doing your job in, and not good missing anything, out.
1: it'll work for you, right?
2: So if you have if you have a fairly straightforward tax situation, you've got a couple of W twos for you and your wife, maybe some Social Security benefits, a pension, a couple of of uh, bank accounts nothing really complex, TurboTax is probably going to work great for you or even H&R Block or any of those types of of tax preparation services. If you've got any complexities with these new tax law changes, there's opportunities out there that you may miss. There's some uh, road mines out there that you want to make sure you steer clear of. That's a time to actually talk with a uh, a higher level tax preparer to make sure that you are paying the least amount of tax possible. So if you got rental
1: properties, if you have
2: business ownership,
1: yeah, if you're an LLC, if, my wife is a is a real estate agent, mm-hmm. so she's recently gotten an LLC going an S corp. There's all kinds of moving parts there.
2: There is, and there's so much interplay between the business and the owners and strategies that you can put into place, retirement plans that you can structure. Uh, business deductions that you may not know about, right? That, that you miss. Of course, something. a that's... seasoned tax preparer is going to know all about that. Yeah. Uh, so that's when you really, really want to talk to a tax preparer. It, it, as I like to say, is is IRS requires you to pay your taxes. They don't require you to leave a tip.
1: <laughs> oh, I like that. I, I like that. Can we take a call or two? We'll, we'll sneak in some questions. We've got the sexy segment coming up on the Retirement Clinic. Our guest from Chore Tech, which is located, Pat, you said, in Waukesha, right? We are on the west side of Waukesha, right off the freeway off of Highway Off. Pat Worth is a CPA, and he's our guest today. Aaron Spitzner and John White are hosting the Retirement Clinic, WIBA Madison, WISN in Milwaukee. And we did you know say before, if you've got tax questions, now is the time to call in. Let's go to George and Hale's Corners. George, good morning.
0: Well, good morning. I got a question in regard to the phenomenon of all of these uh, contract employees, the ones that uh, utilize their own vehicle, whether it be to deliver food or to grocery shop. And excluding Uber, because Uber is, you know, so well-known, what are the tax uh, consequences or liabilities if, after reading, you know, the 10-page description, Closure uh that you agree to when you want to sign on to be one of these contractors that you know you're not you know they're not liable for your insurance if you get hurt anything you know you're not they're they're not assuming any responsibility at the end of the at the end of the year if you make say twenty thousand dollars and they didn't have any withholding and they're going to uh provide you with a electronic w uh or a 1099 form you know uh, if you worked for a company, they would have to go and pay in for, you know, Social Security, uh, you know, FICA, state and local tax, federal tax, and all of that. What are the responsibilities of the employee for those taxes? If, if you made $20,000 working for a company or $20,000 working on your, for yourself, you know, a lot of them t- uh, tout that you can... You know, make sure you know, thirty dollars an hour. But well, George, all right, this George. is a
1: long question. Let's yep. let's simplify this here. There you go. All right, I've I've got some that's
2: a great question, George. We've got let's do a real quick answer on that. The main thing you want to do if you're doing that type of thing is keep track of all your expenses, keep track of your mileage, keep track of any types of, of supplies you need to uh that you've paid for, for doing that. And that's going to go now you're a sole proprietor, so you need to file a separate income tax reform as Schedule C on your tax return. Reporting the income, taking all the deductions you 're entitled to, and on that net profit, so you may bring that twenty thousand down to twelve after you subtract off all your mileage you 're now your own employer, so this FICA Medicare tax that normally the employer covers half and you cover half through your withholding if you 're an employee, you need to pay both sides of that in addition to your income tax, so that 's roughly twelve to fifteen percent for the self employment tax, plus whatever tax bracket you 're in for income taxes. You're going to have to make quarterly tax payments on that estimated tax payments because IRS likes to have their money ahead of time. Uh, So just like you're withholding UPAN ahead of time, they want you to pay quarterly estimated taxes. So the best thing is work with your tax professional. Get an idea of records you need to keep. Uh, compute the quarterly taxes, and and you're off.
1: Yeah. Uh, George, thank you so much uh, for the question and for the phone call. I just want to mention something before the break. You do have the sexy segment coming up, Pat. So we're going to give us a little insight. What do you got for us today? What's your topic? We are going to look at those wealthy individuals,
2: those people with maybe wealth or income over a million dollars, and look at how the tax law changes affect them.
1: Well, that's going to be coming up next. And if you want to reach out and have questions for this show or anybody at the Kowal Investment Group, John White, our social media expert in studio, you've got several platforms we can do that.
4: Right. So we've got the com. That's our website. Check us out on LinkedIn. And then on Twitter, we're at, at COA underscore
1: investment. Website, of course, thecoalway.com. Market updates Monday through Friday in Madison on WIBA, in Milwaukee and WISN. And of course, every weekend, we get a full hour for this show, The Retirement Clinic, with John White and Aaron Spitzner. I'm Paul Cronforst. We'll be right back. All right, the music says it's time for the sexy segment on the retirement clinic. And we've got a special cast of characters in the studio today from the COAL uh, Investment Group Aaron Spitzner, John White. Our guest uh, from Chore Tech is CPA Pat Worth. And by way of background, this segment is about wealth management and preservation.
4: Right, absolutely. And so, obviously, when it comes to our wealthier clients, um, you know, My first question, Pat, to you would be, will our wealthy listeners also get to take advantage of these lower tax rates?
2: That is a really good question. We hit earlier just a little bit, we talked about the tax rates and the top tax rate that a lot of the wealthy listeners would be in used to be 39.6%. That's dropped down to 37. So just by that 2.5% decrease in tax rates, they should save some. But those wealthy individuals, if you look at the itemized deductions, they're the people that had two or three houses. They uh, you know, could have mortgage interest on some of them, but a lot of times they don't have a mortgage on their house anymore. It's paid off. So now you're looking at, okay, I'm limited to my taxes. I've got three or four houses plus my state income taxes I'm paying on on all my income. That's only 10000 bucks. If I don't make more than $14,000 of charitable, I'm not itemizing, I'm just getting my standard deduction. So so what can those wealthy people do to take advantage of that? One of the things that they can do is is let's say they typically give ten or twelve thousand dollars a year of charitable each and every year. Well, you take your ten thousand a tax plus twelve thousand a charitable, you're never gonna exceed that twenty four thousand dollars. So what do they do now? Well, let's take that charitable and let's bunch it. Let's every other year make it twenty four thousand a charitable and then every other year you're going to itemize, and the other year you're at least going to get your 24000 Great way to do it. A lot of wealthy individuals, though, at some point in time, they're going to have a big spike in their income. They're going to uh, sell their business and have some big capital gains. Uh, who knows what. In those years, what we've really worked with our clients on is really supersizing that charitable deduction and making a uh, contribution to a donor-advised fund. And donor advised fund, for those of you that don't know what it is, is you're basically giving, let's just say, $50,000 to a organization, a federation, and you're saying, okay, hold this $50,000 for me. I get to take a tax deduction for it right now, but then I can direct this organization over the next few years to say, okay, I want you to write out a $5,000 check to this charity. I want you to write out a $2,000 check to this charity. So they still have control of of where that money is going, but they have accelerated and supersized that tax deduction in year one. That's a great way to uh, take advantage of these itemized deductions. If you're looking at a retired person, what about a retired person that's uh, over age 70 and a half? They're taking distributions out of their IRAs because they're required to, required minimum distribution. What can they do? There's a special law out there that's very cool is they can make a charitable deduction directly out of that IRA. So they may not be itemizing anymore, so they don't get any benefit of that itemized deduction. But if they take their required minimum distribution, let's say it's $30,000 a year, they say a direct $10,000 of that is a direct distribution to a charity. They're only going to pay tax on $20,000 of that IRA distribution. What I've heard right now is there's some IRA... Companies that are actually giving their clients checkbooks. Say when you go to church each Sunday, write a check out of your IRA account to the church as part of your minimum distribution. I think you can
1: even, at least at our church, you can get those automatically set up too for those automatic. It makes it even easier mm-hmm.
3: in the qualified yep. charitable distribution. Now that's that's been around. It's just now that it's 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 getting more popular with the the recent tax code or the recent tax changes. Right, right
2: because many people aren't really going to get any tax deduction mm-hmm. out of that charitable anymore. Instead of getting the deduction, why don't we just try to lower the amount that we're paying income on? And that's where – so if you're taking required minimum distributions, you're charitably minded, you need to do these QCDs, Qualified Charitable distributions. So work with your advisor on that.
3: And and it can save money not only with taxes but also with Medicare premiums. Uh, Depending upon your income level, you could easily uh, bump into the next tier and pay a higher Medicare premium. So sometimes making – you know working with your financial advisor with your accountant, that's where it really comes into play to make sure that you uh are keeping that income low and not you know heading into the next the next uh, income level I- and, and it, I think you can save somewhere over $1,000 a year in in Medicare premiums. Yeah. So just something to be mindful of.
2: That's a great point, Aaron. We're going to make a tax man out of you eventually.
3: <laughs> and then you can play the Beatles song all the
1: time. Oh, boy. Right yeah. the show. Hey, uh, we had a text come in. And um, I don't know if we can answer this, but we'll give it a shot. And it says our medical expenses, Spencer, tell me if I'm reading this right, our medical expenses is still uh, deductible. They are the still deductible. Site. That's a great question. We've we
2: kind of passed over that, but that's the other component of the itemized deductions: is medical expenses. In the past, and this really hasn't changed, is your out-of-pocket medical. This is after the insurance coverage. Those out-of-pocket have to exceed seven and a half percent of your total income before they become deductible. Before they become another component. So, if you're making one hundred thousand dollars your out-of-pocket has to exceed $7,500 before then it gets into that bucket of itemized deductions. So now you add up your medical, your taxes, your mortgage interest, your charitable. Now those four components need to exceed $24,000 for a married couple before you get a tax deduction for it.
1: That's today's sexy segment brought to you by Chortech and Pat Worth. How do you like that? That was a good, good that job. That was
4: Awesome. <laughs> Job
1: well done. You know, there are so we threw a lot at you today. A lot of tax law changes. If you've got questions and want to follow up off the air, when we come back, we'll give out all of that contact information. Our guest today is CPA from Chortech, Pat Worth, Joining us, John White and Aaron Spitzner from the Cowell Investment Group on WIBA Madison and WISN Milwaukee. And again, we thank you for the calls and texts. You can always use the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 799-1130. So uh, from Tax Man, I, I love the selection of music today. I assume that was all you, uh, Pat. <laughs> tax Tax Man's my theme. Yes, I, I love I love that song. One of the Beatles' best songs. Okay, we had a good show. Now we've been talking today uh, with Pat Worth, a CPA at ShoreTech. Aaron, you had one last question.
3: Yeah, it's it's an item that's been brought up in conversation with some clients in the past, and that's um, quarterly estimates. So I'm a, let's say I'm a retired. Individual, I have some social security, some IRA income coming in, maybe a pension, and now all of a sudden I get this notification that I have to pay quarterly estimates. Um, how do I get out of this situation, and why am I in it in the first place?
2: It's amazing. People hate paying quarterly taxes. People hate paying any tax. So you know, if you're a business owner, you've got your your S corporation, your little sole proprietor, you're going to have to pay quarterly taxes. There's no way around it. But if you're a retired person and you just can't stomach paying that quarterly payment, Then you look at the source. Social Security benefits, you can have them withhold federal taxes on it. If you're getting IRA distributions, pension distributions, you can direct the payers to withhold federal and state taxes on that. So take a look at your sources of income. If it doesn't have withholding on it, go back to them, fill out the paperwork, and say, I want 20% federal withheld, I want 6% Wisconsin withheld, or whatever your numbers are in your particular case. That way they can probably get away from paying quarterlies.
3: Does that take about a year to cycle through, or or can they then petition? How, how does it work to? Well, the IRS
2: doesn't require you to make the quarterly payments. They just right. want you to. And, of course, if you don't, you're going to get penalties. All right. So you're protecting mm-hmm. yourself from penalties by going back to those administrators and saying, hey, start withholding some tax for me.
1: Hey, I, Pat, we thank you for your time today. I'm thinking a lot of people are going to want to, you know, I have a question about this. These tax law changes, I heard you on the show. How can I reach you off the
2: air? Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear from the listeners. They can do one of two things they can call our office at chartech and that direct number is 262-522-8227, or they can email me directly at p w i r t h at chortech dot com so p
1: worth at c h o r t e k dot com that's Pat worth We thank you for your time today Pat a lot of good information and John white again. People hear this show, I want to talk to the Cowal Investment Group. We can reach out several ways.
4: All right. Through the internet is thekowalway.com. Twitter, our Twitter handle is at cowal underscore invest. And then we're also on LinkedIn. And our phone number is
1: 262-522-4040. com is an excellent resource, a great website. Aaron Spitzner, we hear you and a cast of thousands uh, do the market updates on that's both right. stations Monday through Friday.
3: Yep. That's that's right. Live at 3 o'clock. That's the new change now, and then uh, the yeah, 5 o'clock and 4.55 WIBA.
1: Yeah, that's Monday through Friday, market updates done by the Kowal Investment Group. Aaron Spitzner, have a great weekend, and thank right. you for your time. Thank you. And, John White, thank you for being here once thank again you. on the program. Hey, thanks for tuning in the Retirement Clinic each weekend on WISN Milwaukee and WIBA in Madison.